Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment podcast. So grateful to have you all back. I'm myself, Asha Chandler, Pastor Jim Parkin, and we have our guest this week, Caleb Hubbard, on with us. Your old school guest. We're so grateful to have you back, man. Thank you so much for your time. It's great to be here with you guys. Glad to be back. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah. Right on. Like, I know it's, I I mean, I can't say I know, but I can only imagine, like, how busy it's going to be for the next month or so as you guys continue to get things wrapped up to go. So your time is very valuable to us, and I'm just very grateful to hang out with you yeah. and share it with the world again, you know? So Thanks for recognizing that. And I would say it's been a productive month so far, January has been, and uh, feeling the effects of being effective. So that's good. You know, I don't like to say busy. I think yeah. we talked about that before. We talked about busyness. Um, but, you know, we, we have been trying to be effective and productive, but definitely uh, burning the candle a little bit too much at both ends. So, yeah, good to be in Florida, even though it's not super sunny. We'll actually be visiting with some China friends tomorrow. So Great. that's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. They're from Pro Beach. So, yeah. I just saw an old in my memories. On the uh, social media, I saw an old uh, Foundation Youth intro or promo. It's your boy, Caleb. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can't man. remember. I, that, was a, yeah, that was a minute. That was a minute yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Approaching. It's been uh, about five years now since we left. So it'll be five yeah. years this spring, which is crazy. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That is wild. Doesn't seem like it. No, goes by it's like a blink of an eye, literally. Yeah, so you're back with us, but getting ready to to go, right? That's yeah. That's we're in. We're in that process now. So, how's that looking? Yeah, so we're uh, just preparing to uh, move back overseas, and you know, the, the, with that comes a lot of uh, stress. You know, I, I believe. There's a lot of times in life there's stressors and sometimes stress doesn't manifest itself as feeling like anxious, but uh, definitely feeling the pressure of that, that date's approaching just in a few short months here. Yeah. Yeah. So cool though. It's weird too, because that is like, if you, if you kind of looked at it, I thought that, like it'd be super easy, you know, we're doing this house church uh, or campus or house church now. And I thought that was going to be smooth transition, easy peasy. And it's just like what I've learned in the last year, what are we going on a year, actually almost April will yeah, be a year. April will be here. Yeah. But just how much when you step out and you're not really like at the, for us, what we call main campus, how life just moves on there. You know what I mean? And then I'm still here and they introduce or they welcome our campus to the service each and every week. But it's like, it's wild to go back and have people like, like, who's this guy? Yep. You know what I mean? So I can't. And like I said, I'm just, 
like 15 minutes away. I can't imagine what it must be like. I know there's the people like there's those of us that will always be your church family when you come back. But for sure, when the house is full of new, new faces and, and people have moved on, what's about, I'm just interested in what, what does that look like for you guys? It can be difficult because friendships are hard to come by in, in this style of life. And you do make friends that are so rich uh, in depth that other people will never get to experience because, you know, do you have any friends that live in China that don't speak your language? You know what I'm saying? So like it's, it can be really in a rewarding, but at the same time, it's, I kind of think of it like a death, like, you know, my dad recently passed away and Facebook really allows people to uh, at least electronically share their emotions but it's almost like you see like this, you know, a week, everybody's like, oh, it's so sad. This person passed away. What a wonderful life. And people are talking about it. But then life goes on. And even right. like that, you, you leave and you see people. So I kind of feel like that's how it is. But you expect life to go on. Kind of like when we right. leave, it's not like. So in a sense, it feels like it can feel like, man, it kind of hurts because you come back and your friends have other friends. And mm-hmm. new season, new interests and those things. And, uh, and then the other thing is like having that really caring about what we're doing and you know, that's reciprocal. We got to make sure we're caring about what other people are into, not just come back and like, we're here, (laughs) ask this question, not at all, but it can sometimes feel like I've said this before, but you know, people are like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be on top China or overseas life. And, you know, it can feel kind of rushed. So yeah, right. I would compare it to a death almost. It's like life goes on and people right. move on. But I understand. I understand like the obedience part of it. You know, you're, you're called into something and like I can't imagine being called and feeling that call and then just like digging your heels in the sand and just not for me and not doing it. I wouldn't want to have to answer for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess that's what keeps me going, you know, sometimes like when I don't want to do these episodes or when I like Monday stresses me out, I don't want to do Monday. I just, <clears throat> that's where I switch gears. It's like, I wouldn't want to have to answer for this. I'm being obedient in this season and I wouldn't want to have to like answer to God and say, well, just, you know, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, to add to that, Jim, it's not like uh, there's a law where it's like, you know, God doesn't desire sacrifice. He desires obedience. Right. So it's not like a right. law. Like If you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Right. But it's also right. out of obedience. It's like the virtue of it where it's like, I'm doing this because this is what a follower of Jesus does. And it's not like, Oh, followers of Jesus do podcasts. No, it's just saying we were <laughs> trying to live our life with purpose and to, to share this, gift that God's given us because we're nobody special. He's the main character in the story and we're pointing back to him, but it's kind of like, okay, I'm obedient because this is the right thing to do as opposed to Mm -hmm. I'm obedient because he said so, you know, like, yeah, it's both and right. Like Mm -hmm. God commands us to do, but law only, you know, Confucius has a great saying law will keep a people ruly, but it won't transform the heart. Only virtue can do that. And so it's, it, it, that kind of makes sense. Kind of like laws right. will keep people like in order, but it doesn't really change who they are. And, but virtue, and it's like, I'm obedient because 
God has given me everything. It's who he is. It's who I am. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not, you know, it's not a summer internship. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not, it's, it's a long term. How long will you guys be living overseas? Do you know? This next term will be three years yeah. that we're overseas. So, so it's not, yeah. it's different. And there is such a, there's such a power mm-hmm. in doing life together and being proximity to other people. I mean, we we're designed to be close, not just like talking through a screen, but we're designed to do life together. And so I think that it makes it that much more powerful that you're committing like a whole season, a whole block of time, a whole block of, you know, your kid's life and everything to go be obedient. Um, and it does make it tricky to stay connected to like so many people in a different place. You know, like we just had friends that moved to Texas a few months ago and it's hard. I mean, you really have to make the time to send a Marco Polo or send a text because they're not in your face every day because you don't see them at work. You don't see them at church, you know. So um, it really is, I think, a deeper commitment to for for those on different ends of where they are, like family that are in different states, different parts of the world. It, it takes a lot of work to stay connected to each other, you know. And I think there's a, a higher expectation today because of the phone. We now say, hey, everybody's got immediate access to me. Yeah. So that brings a higher expectation that I, I don't personally feel is healthy. And uh, that's a whole different topic. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, think about maybe 100 years ago, it was like letters. <laughs> you know? Right. So right. Like, you're going to work at the relationship, but knowing that like, hey, you are my friend. And that means something much different than like you haven't texted me in a week. Or why don't you respond to my text right away? Kind of few words. You know, you start to worry. Like, did I say something wrong? You know, just having immediate access to people. But it's kind of what people expect nowadays, right? But I I mean, I don't. Me and Jim like never talk. But Jim's my. You're my boy. I mean, I feel like we talk maybe once every six months. Really? I mean, like like that. Yeah. Seriously, but you're also the. You know, you are my boy. So I don't know. It, it, it's something that I think I, I could do better is continue to work on those right. relationships, but also knowing like, man, I know Jim's running his race though. You know, right. yeah. I know what yeah. he's doing. And so it's kind of like, and we're, when we meet up celebration party and we talk about what God's doing and encourage each other. Yeah. And I don't do you know. think that's more, here, I'm going to sidestep a second. Is that more of a dude thing? Is that like easier? Ashley, you're going to have to, you're going to be the answer of this question. But is it easier for, like, Caleb and I to be, because it is, it's like every six months or so, I mean, hey, haven't heard from me, what's up? And it'll be a short answer, and, and that's cool. Is it same for girls? Can girls do that, or is it? I I mean, this is, I mean, there's some stereotypes and stuff in here, too. But I think, generally speaking, from what I know and experience, women have kind of designed to kind of nurture and create relationships a little bit more Mm -hmm. in that way than I think men typically do. And I think it helps solidify families and communities and networks and things. I I mean, I see it a lot more in my life and with women in general, I do. So, I mean, we've, we tend to have more of the communication centers and things in our brain connected more, you know, there's a lot more of that going Mm -hmm. on. So I think there's definitely a lot to it. You know, I've definitely worked to try to communicate with my like, my closest friends, like getting to a point where I'm 
more regular. If I didn't talk to one of my closest friends for more than like a month, it'd be like, I'm not doing a great job. So I've, I've tried. Yeah. So I know COVID's offered some uh, issues with that, but I I do think what's important to notice the people who are in front of you too, though. Jim was always talking to me all the time while I was in Nepal. It'd be great. It'd be like, cool. I love you. Talk about (laughs) hockey and skating and, you know, music and whatever. But then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, Jim, who's in front of you? Like, who are you with right now face to face? And, I, you know, what? technology is changing that totally different topic. I know. So sorry to get a little bit off topic there. But no, you're good. Yeah. But no, that's yeah, that's good because that is important, you know, because honestly, that's the most important thing for what we're doing here. And that's the most important thing for what you guys will be doing there is who's in front of us. Right. You know, that's, that's well, the whole key. In a different way, I've been trying to be more and more intentional the last few years on being present. And um, this used to really kind of bug Nick early on. But, like, if I went and visited my aunt and uncle in Florida, I would hardly text or call him when I was there. Now, I've yeah. gotten better on, like, when I get there, like, communicating where I'm at and stuff like that just so that he's got a little right. bit of peace of mind. But the whole mm-hmm. idea is that I... I live home. I'm I'm here to just really invest in this time with my family while I'm here. And so I'm not going to be on the phone all the time, you know? So I think that, I mean, that's, I think people, people need to work a little bit more at like being present where they are, you know? Yeah. So I, I agree, you know? I tell this, I think I've told you guys this before, Ashley, but for you, Caleb, I have a buddy that did like when we were in California he, we graduated and all that stuff and he started surfing and that's what he does. He doesn't compete. He's gets his pictures in magazines, gets some video spots and stuff like that, but he has sponsors. Yeah. But my dude doesn't take his phone anywhere with him ever. And it like the sponsors will get pissed because he'll, he's just out being with his people doing his thing. They homeschool their boys. So he's teaching them school and just like, I've texted him and then he's returned a text and like weeks later and I forgot what he's even talking about. I'm like, bro, I don't even know what you mean. What are you talking about? That's cool. And he's like, I don't know. You texted me <laughs> a month ago. That's so but, good. But it's cool in this time with technology and how it is. For sure. Like, <clears throat> you know, I heard an interesting thing that I put up. I was listening to the guys who did, they made a documentary about social media the social dilemma, the guy that created that I listened to him on a podcast and he said that what we've come to, uh, you know, on a technology topic is we have in our country, especially, but globally, we have these institutions that are like medieval institutions that are dealing with humans with like paleolithic emotions. And now we have technology that gives us godlike power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, and it's because, you know, think about it when we started before, you know, before we really got into it, we were talking about, you know, a business that made a decision, what they felt was best for their business. And they're being destroyed by people with the same thing, the same type of technology we're using here. Right. Yeah. Imagine if there was social media for people to just to influence and, uh, and kind of, 
rile up uh, the crowd. Proverbs, right. I'm going to mess this up, but basically talking about basically like mob mentality in Proverbs. Right. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people all riled up about something and quarreling. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. It's also that's in, in like, uh, I don't know what the subject would be, but I'll say in college speak, it's, they call, it's the law of polarization, they're calling it now. So when, a, when you get a group of people together with the same set of beliefs, they tend to get more extreme with that set of whatever it is. Interesting. It could what you know. What I find amazing, like having heard that, is like how are we not doing that as the church? <laughs> you know what I mean, as yeah. a church, we're in our separate little groups, believing our separate things, getting hyper intense on those things. You know. There's all kinds of other groups and, and rights movements and, and people groups that have been laser focused so much so that they changed legislation. And, you know, we find ourselves a lot of times arguing over doctrine and, you know, and, and forgetting to tell people just, you know, even people who have access, even Americans who have access to Bibles and church and live stream and all that. So, Jim, you mentioned something before we had started recording, just talking about you for 52 years. You've been hearing Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Well, if you think about it and and acts, Jesus is like, hey, I'm coming back. And so they live with like the idea of the imminent return of Christ, that he was coming soon. Right. They're like, hey, he's coming back. And Paul even was talking like he might see it in his lifetime. And so, you know, that's a thousand years ago. So the early church was living with this desire to fulfill the great commission, fulfill who God was, that all nations would hear this gospel. They were living with purpose and passion for a united reason. But then something happened where they were kind of like, oh, maybe he's not coming back soon. And so they started to read the Bible more for ethical reasons than it was for reading this in the sense of seeing what God's mission was. And so I think that 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 can it's not that this isn't the one reason why, but one of the reasons why church is so divided is because we're all so distracted with petty things that do matter in some senses. But if we would just remember our mission, if we were yeah. just remember mm-hmm. what we were called to do in the first place, we would go back to the scriptures and see what was the early church doing. And do we look like that today? No, why not? Because we're not living like they were living. And so it's kind of like right. being obedient back to obedience is staying on mission. And if we stay on mission, then we can be united around that, you know, because like when you're when you're on a team, you're going to have differences with those people. When you're in a group or something, you're going to have differences with those people. But to divide over and say that sharing the gospel isn't worth it is ridiculous. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I know that's complicated. I know that's no, complicated. No, it's no. good. No, no, that's good Earth stuff. Matter. Doctrine matters. Those things are super important. But man, when you start reading church history, man, read what happens whenever Constantine makes Christianity legal. Go back through and research all those things. Look deeper into it and we'll see how jacked up the church got. And it was jacked up from the beginning. There was a tax and, you know. Right. Yeah. So. Right. So do you, do you feel differently this time than last time because last time was your first time going to move overseas and then just by happen chance you know really probably some god math of dates of travel and stuff you guys were able to be here in the u.s at home during the pandemic 
So, um, like with all in that, like how, what, what does it look like now? Like how, how do you see it now differently maybe, or the same compared to getting ready to go out last time? Yeah. I feel more confident in the fact that there's something that happens when you, you know, you move into a new place people have experienced this if they've moved from, you know, Podunkville, Michigan to a big city or something like that, right? Like if you're moving from Fenton to New York city, you probably experience this, you know, where do I grocery shop? Where's everything located? Those type of things. I feel a little bit more confident and like that, that's not that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have experienced that before just moving somewhere and there's kind of like some like navigating little, your territory. <laughs> now the language barrier. Um, I'm not so, the thing is this, I was more confident going to China because I had studied Chinese beforehand. I had kind of had some experiences, some exposure, new place we're going. I, I kind of have no idea. Um, I've been studying a little bit of the language and it's much easier than Mandarin. It's still a foreign language, so it's foreign, but like 10 times easier than Mandarin. So that's encouraging, okay. but I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of like a little nervous and kind of like, man, I, I have no idea. It's totally different from where we were before. Still relative same region. So, but uh, yeah, totally different religions and uh, some similar religions. But I guess so. To answer your question, sorry, but confident and not confident. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Confident and kind of like, mm-hmm. hey, I've done this before. Move my family here. It's not a big deal. There's some stresses of finding a place and those things. Big deal. It's kind of fun. And then there's also the not being confident in like. I don't know cultures and customs here. There's not as much information available as there was, you know, moving to China, there, China has such a long history. There's a lot to learn. There's so many resources out there. Yeah. Uh, talking about technology, YouTube, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I hope that answers. No, that helps. I'm yeah. just kind of curious. I've never lived overseas. I've done short, like one to three week, like travels, but I've never spent, a year. Yeah. So things, <laughs> another- that we think about, things that we think about are things like this. Okay. What medications can we get where we're going? You know, so those are things that you can potentially ask your doctor for. So like, you know, but literally being like, okay, well let's get an EpiPen. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, what if your kids have an allergic reaction? I know that that might seem like really ridiculous and we're trusting but it's God. it's not if you don't have access to it. <laughs> oh, so then the other thing is like, let's take antibiotics with us because you don't know if those are even available. Let's take aspirin with us, simple fever medicine, medications, you know, fever reducing medications. Um, I know you're probably like, what doctor's prescribing this stuff to you? No, but like, you know, it's no, like, yeah. we're, going, we're going somewhere where I don't even know the only thing they might offer is an IV. And so right. I think of, uh, last time we got, I mean, like some severe pain medications. We had a friend that was like, look, if you can get like some Vicodin or something. I know, look, I get, if you have pill issues, I'm sorry. Nah. Also was like, look, <laughs> if, if you're in severe pain, they're going to not be able to do anything for you. And I say, praise God for modern medicine. Right. And uh, right. right. so there, he was like, look, if you can get some of these things, that would, that wouldn't be bad. Probiotics, things like that. Cause you're thinking, all right, we're going to have stomach bugs when we move there just because of the bacteria is being different. And so mm-hmm. I guess practically those are the things that we're thinking about. And then the other thing is, okay, so uh, what are some hygiene practices that we're really going to want to think about? Where should we buy our foods from? 
here you can come mm-hmm. like what grocery store do I want to go to? But like one thing that we did for sure in China was we bought our meat from uh, Muslim people only. So we know that they handle their meat very well and they take very good care in preparing it. Yes, so those are things you guys, we probably don't think about here at all, but I'm like, okay, where are we going to go? And we're going to get fruits and vegetables grown. Well, we're not going to get extremely sick from them. And yeah, I know it might sound like small stuff, but no, no, not at all. That's proper (laughs) planning, man. (laughs) That's just being due diligence right there. Yeah. If not, you end up paying a price. And so on top of culture shock, and, and just dealing with new location, learning language, all those different things. If you're sick and you're, you know, you'll just do yourself a whole lot of trouble. And you kind of think of, I had a, a friend that's really, uh, he's a mentor to me. And he, he kind of said like, look, you only have so many wars in you. You can't just constantly fight wars. It takes a lot of resources and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. You can't just fight a war every single day. So if you land wherever you're going, you know, and you're already 10 steps behind because you know, you didn't think about bringing certain medications and, you know, like you learn stuff through that for sure. When we were in China that first month and our kids were super sick, we learned something from that and God taught us, but I don't want to do that every single time. I don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) if we do, so be it. Um, part of the, what you sign up for, but I love that saying, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, sir. Like, let's just go play a stupid game. You know what? Maybe this time we won't get sick or whatever. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, I mean, be as planned and prepared as possible so that you can just go do what you need to do and be able, like you said, like the confidence and knowing that there's a whole bunch of information that I'm not going to know on day one. Yeah. And there is a whole set of this experience that is going to have to be learned as I go. Yeah. And then the second part of that is trying to find people who have been there for a long time, like a long, long time. So specifically like, so for China, we sought out people on a few occasions who had been there for 20 years or more. And just kind of like, okay, you guys were here for a long time. Cause you, you know how you like, you see people who do things and they do it really well for a short period of time. Yeah. Like, oh, it's really good. But it's like, but then they don't last. Um, that's awesome. And those people, the sprinters have their place, but we're looking at running a marathon. We want longevity. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, how did you do this for 20 years? How did you do this for 30 years? Yeah. What were some things that you wish you would have done differently? <clears throat> Can you teach us about culture? Uh, and that goes a long way. So just kind of finding a veteran that can really teach you. And they're not a know-it-all either because you know salty veterans can kind of they get that like oh you know if you make it in two years come talk to me you know that type of stuff it's but just kind of like hey we just want to learn from you please help us Mm -hmm. you know having that humility to just say i don't know anything and i i want to learn so right yeah that's good yeah that's good that's good i like that too that you guys thinking about things like you got my medical mind going. So thinking about things like EpiPens and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we packed that last time. That Benadryl. Benadryl is your friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when you consider that a lot of parts in the world, unfortunately, people are dying from simple over-the-counter medications. They, they don't have access. Right. To that. And so that's over-the-counter medications. <clears throat> that's not like the hardcore. Uh, yeah or 
uh, uh, amazing medical machines and practices we have here, but it's just simple over-the-counter medications. They're dying from that, and that's that's hard. So thankfully, we can go prepared like that. We have the financial ability to do that. That's huge. So I don't know. I'm just intrigued. So I'm having a hard time coming up with things to, you know. It's fun um, because the couple times that we've hung out with both of you, it's, I love how, like, technical and methodical your thinking is, Caleb. Like, you're so calm and steady. Like, you, like, are you like this all the time? Are you calm and steady like this all the time? Not always calm. If we play games, <laughs> we play games it's going to get wild. It's, it's fun because I, I feel like it's, in, it's fun getting, like, Corey's perspective on stuff, too. Yeah. Because she'll, like, sometimes I feel like she kind of, like, word vomits. Like, all the things that she's feeling and, and all the thoughts. And I can relate to that because I, I feel like I do a lot of that of just trying to race through like what all the things. And, um, I'm, I think part of my mind's trying to like graphs, like maybe how Corey would like, how, how's Corey? How are your boys? Like, what do you, what do you tell your boys? Like, is it okay? Like how old are your boys? Yeah, they're six and four. So Roman in particular, we told them this that they're getting kittens when we move to wherever we're moving because we really want that. <laughs> yes. so, but it's kind of like you keep telling them, hey, we're moving over here. It's not the United States. We're not going to be in this house anymore. And we show them where it's at on a map and keep talking about those things. So you're kind of like preparing them because the thing is this. I mean, guys, like, let's look at the pandemic. We're adults and we don't know how to process feelings very well. Right. Like depression, uh, our social anxieties, these things that are coming, like Jimmy said it already earlier, just the way people are acting right now, it brings a lot of things to the forefront. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I do a very good job of emotionally being mature, but now imagine a six-year-old now moving overseas and processing all these things. Yeah. There's a grieving right. that happens. You know, it sounds kind of cheap to say that. Cause I, th- I think about the, the, it, for me, I, I feel cheap saying that because like the place we're moving, man, 25% of the country lives on a quarter or less a day. So it's kind of like, all right, but I, I am grieving, leaving my American comforts. America is such a great country. I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a Haitian home right now in Florida. It's awesome. So I, there's that grieving, but anyway, the kids, they're grieving those things too. And on another level, they're grieving, not seeing grandparents anymore. They're grieving, not participating in what's happening with all their friends, friends growing up. So friendships are another thing that's hard for them. Um, but again, so we're just trying to prepare them for that. But we also know that they're going to get a childhood that one day they'll look back and, and be thankful for. They'll say that was hard, <clears throat> but they'll have experiences that other kids never would have had. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. yeah. It's not saying, right. okay, we'll be fine. And again, I just think about, man, kids that, they don't have a choice. Their life sucks. And so it's like, you know, I, I think helping them see that they're blessed, their life is filled with pretty, a lot of ease. This will be hard, mm-hmm. sure, but life could be so much harder. Trying to keep that in perspective, you know, gratitude, thankfulness. Those are really big things, man. Yeah. Yep. The, the, sure. the ability to, I mean, 
just every every little thing to every big thing, you know, like like Jim Jim and I we've been participating in this thirty minute a day movement for January. Just how blessed that I can I can get out and I have the gear to go walk in seven degree weather. You know, like mm-hmm. my my body works. I feel good. Like I don't hurt. Like I I have the capability to do that. So just to be able to just have this life to be able to go and do. Like God has given us this life to go do. Um, and like looking back to like the people that I like ended up in school with at college and then later on realized that they, they spent a lot of years growing up in other countries overseas and stuff. They had a way different temperament. There was something very different about them. And it was almost after the fact of like, Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. You lived overseas. Like they're just, they're, they just seemed more patient and tender towards people in a certain way. They just seem to be able to, and they they do they did they have a much broader perspective of what life looks like in different places because they saw it firsthand, um, right. and that's that's extremely special. And so, and then to have parents that they love Jesus so much, they're going to go be obedient with what they were asked to do because they love Jesus so much. You know, that's that's courageous, that's bold, that's just the passion the the passion for this life that God has given us, that's, that's beautiful. You know, it's powerful, you know, and the legacy, I mean, the legacy that you continue to carry, like what's been given to you, to what you are now obedient to carry on your shoulders and what you are now in a way passing on to your sons, like your legacy through Christ. Like, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep, it's it's a responsibility, a privilege, and it's pretty fun. You know, life is we we do have it pretty easy, so I'm super thankful for that. And uh, you know, I I had an opportunity to share on Isaiah six this past week for City Life Lansing, my favorite place to be, one of my favorite places to be, Freedom Center. You're there too, but anyway, <laughs> Isaiah six. And I just think, you know, one of the things is that Isaiah, uh, a quick synopsis, it's a bad time for uh, Israel. And he sees how holy God is. He feels like, man, I'm just unworthy. An angel comes down, touches his lips, right? And, he's, and, and because of that, he says, man, because of what God's done, he just he hears God saying, who can I send? And he says, here I am, send me. Hmm. And I think what's so great about that is he didn't even know what he was being sent to do. He didn't even know what his mission was at all. There was, there's no context for that. He's just saying, whatever it is, God, I'm here to, to go because of what you've done for me, because of how holy you are. And so I think uh, when we think about obedience, uh, it's normally on our terms, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, right? It's like, okay, well, is this something that I want to do? Is this going to be cool? Is it going to make me look good to people? You know, and, and it can be on our terms and on on who's going to be there. Is it is it worth my time? And so, um, when it, when you think about that, it's kind of like, yeah, it's awesome. But man, I am just I'm just thankful. I'm grateful. Right. God's been so good to me. Send me. I'll go. Right. And see, what's interesting, man, is so that verse for me has always been because of how from being in the military, being a paramedic and just kind of having that operator mentality 
that thought of not really just whatever. Yep. Like with the, the house church, when Pastor Jim said, you know, you should do this. I was like, okay, you know, I'm down. And like, how does that look? We don't know. Yeah. And uh, still, okay. You know, and there's been times, yeah. right? It, I know with you guys and, and your thing, there's times where it's frustrating and and things aren't lining up and the communication doesn't seem right. This, we've had seasons like that, you know, but it's worth it. It's worth doing the thing. It's worth getting this group of people in our in our living room and growing deeper and stuff like that. So, you know. Yeah, and I think we all, uh, a mentor was sharing this with me again, but uh, talking about base hits versus home runs. We all want to hit the home run. So we're all, we all want the house church to be a home run. And what happens when it does not meet your, what you thought potentially was going to happen? You know, those frustrations right. happen expectations aren't met and it's not what you thought it would be. Do you still stick it out? Yeah, of course you do. Mm -hmm. But, but you just got to be okay with, I'm just going to be okay with the base hits, you know? And that's what he was explaining to me. Cause it was like right now for us, this kind of just feels like a base hit, <clears throat> you know, the home run would be going back to China, like back to right. the place of man. That's the people, the language, all of it. That'd be the home run. But, uh, expectations are a lot different. So. Right. Yeah. For sure. Good. Cool. So we'll, we'll kind of land it here. We do always kind of just final thought. So what I like to do at this point is tee Ashley up to, to start us off with kind of a final thought for the episode <laughs> and then I'll go and then Caleb, you can wrap it up on, on however you want to. Okay. So I was talking with a friend a couple weeks ago and she's just kind of going through a really rough season. Like God is just kind of taking her back to bring her forward to heal just things that have happened in the past. And it's shaken her up quite a bit, but kind of that, like, I don't know what this is going to look like. I know God's got me, but this is really kind of hard and scary right now. Um, like kind of like some of these ideas of like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want, you know, I want, I want, I want type thing. Um, and it made me think like, if nothing in my life changed, if nothing went my way ever again, if, if I was like Job and everything was taken from me, would, would I still praise God? Like, would I still love Jesus? Like, is he worth if I tell him he's worthy of it all, is he worthy of every bad day? Is he worthy of my life in one condition or the other? And, and the answer is yes. Yeah. And so just this like win for the lamb, the reward of his suffering, like, like I don't even to a degree, like even closely understand everything that Jesus has done for me. Can I, really continue to just lay everything down for him every day. Um, so just expectation, like hoping in his best, praying and having mountains moved, like just believing but trusting him, like everything that I've ever thought about my relationship with Jesus continues to change to be something that's more right with him. And that's the goal. Like I just, so those are just kind of some of the things I'm rolling around that any, any of our life, like 
we wanted to work towards these things. I've only experienced living in the United States. I have these freedoms. I have these rights. I have these abilities. I, I can order anything I want on Amazon. You know what I mean? And um, am, am, I, am I living my life truly in worship? And do I really believe that my Jesus is holy and worth everything that I would ever face in my life ever? You know, so those, so yeah, that's my final thought. And just again, thank you, Caleb, so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you for just sharing your family with us over these last few months. Um, I can just say the Chandlers are very grateful for you being stuck here in the U.S. during the pandemic and stuff. And so um, I just think, thank you, Jesus, for the Hubbards. So well, thank you guys. Right on. Yeah. I would say this kind of to, to wrap up the topics for tonight, you know, our, our target audience is first responders and typically primarily EMS providers. And a lot of times they have questions about Christianity and about what it looks like and about, and, and kind of to take from <coughs> pastor Adam's message a couple weeks ago, you know, the idea that people believe that, you get saved, you give your life to Christ, and now everything's a bowl of cherries. And so I, I would, from my final thought, I guess, would be to reiterate what he said when he said that the Christian life isn't hard. He said the Christian life is impossible. Yeah. You know, and and that, like what you're doing, you know, what we're trying here, you know, that's, that it's true. It's, it can't be done outside of faith. So also I didn't get to see you a bunch of times <laughs> while you were back and stuff, but love you, bro. You know, always Thank praying you. for you. Yeah. And so that's it. We'll let you land this plane, man. Yeah. I think in all of this, we can, we can get caught up in feeling like we have to do something also. And so even though, yeah, obedience is the right thing to do, uh, there's a, you know, a lot of saying stuff like, you know, it's more important who you are than what you do. And that is very true. Uh, it's God cares most about us, you, not what we don't, we, we don't offer him anything. You know what I mean? Like when we start to think like, Oh God needs me. No, he wants us to participate and, uh, what he, he's doing. And so we get to do that. So when you're discouraged and whatever, and you feel like you're not doing enough, God loves you, you know, and just remember remembering that and having right. that, uh, because a lot of times comparison, well, I'm not moving overseas or I'm not an EMS or, you know, doing this radical stuff. If I'm not doing a house church plant, that's okay. It's all right. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely like, it's kind of like, you don't want to encourage laziness. You don't want to encourage disobedience, but, at the end, let's be obedient and just remember that God loves us. It's okay if you're just like, I'm just here and just trying to hang on. You know, so yep, absolutely. And uh, hopefully be inspired by uninspiring people who don't care if anybody ever knows their names. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. As always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Freedom Center Church and Kingdom Builders. Check us out on Instagram. And by default, you can see my posts on Facebook too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you guys next time.